5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. So we are back this week with more dysfunctional family tree. And this is really just the continuation of the book of Genesis as this family kind of continues to have lots of issues, you know, stemming from Adam and Eve and their kids and Noah. And then you get into Abraham and Abraham's family just seems to have a lot more issues. And now we uh, let you Friday, let's see, Friday we talked about the favoritism that Jacob uh, had towards, especially his two younger sons and that would be Joseph and Benjamin. And what we see, especially what we'll look at, I mean, this kind of consumes the rest of the book from Genesis 37 all the way to Genesis 50. We're going to be dealing with this story. That's 14 chapters of dysfunction, of what dysfunction has caused. And so what happens? So uh, Jacob is, uh, has given you know, Joseph this am- amazing coat, and he's showing it off to his brothers, and his brothers don't like him. <laughs> and this is causing you know, the, the dysfunction within the family. But now we get to 37, and it's like on top of everything else, we already know his brothers don't like him. And now he's coming to his brothers with a dream that he had. And this is what gets him into big trouble. Because he starts telling his his older brothers, right, that ultimately this dream that he had says that they're going to bow down and worship him. Everything's going to be centered around him. And this this would be tough for for anyone, really. I mean, because even uh, as 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 Joseph dreams, it's even his dad is going to do that. So Jacob's not really down with his dream either, but it's still, you know, like, hey, it's a favorite kid, you know, this I'll I'll let it roll off my back. But the brothers, on the other hand, they're not letting anything roll. This is an affront. This is insult upon insult upon insult. And so the brothers at this point in time started to scheme how they might get rid of Joseph. So then comes the plot. All right, so the older brothers initially are just thinking, we need to figure out a way to kill this kid. We need to get rid of him. He's 17 years old at this point in time, Joseph is. And they just want him dead. So this, of course, brings us back to the dysfunction of Cain and Abel, right? Brother wanting to kill brother because he's... Uh, he's uh, been favored, right? And so here it is, Joseph's been favored, and it's not good. I mean, Joseph acts like a brat, and now his brothers are reacting in a way that brings out the dysfunction. They're saying, we want him dead. So ultimately, and you can go back and read through the 14 chapters but and get all the detail, But ultimately, they don't kill him, and they instead send him off into slavery, take his jacket, and make it look like he's been eaten by wolves. And so they bring the 
the jacket back covered in in blood and they show it to their dad their dad mourns and he's completely distraught because this child of course wasn't just a child but like a favorite child and so joseph now is off right he's sold into slavery we see a whole bunch i mean like this this is not a good situation this family has ultimately led themselves to almost murder, well, faking the death, selling a brother into slavery so that they hopefully will never see him again. And this this story in particular always, you know, did it it's a great it's a great story about how God is working even in the places that we don't see. Because there are many times as Joseph then, you know, goes to Egypt, he's working in a household, he does really well, he's elevated because he's a good worker, trustworthy, all of that good stuff, but bad things happen to him there, thrown into prison, right? Then in prison, he's doing really well, he's, you know, he's ultimately almost right underneath the warden, trying, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's trustworthy, he's doing well. You know, and and it's all of those good things that leads him ultimately to the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, and the leader of Egypt uses Joseph, and, and Joseph helps the Pharaoh understand his dream, and he's saying, there's going to be famine, um, well, there's going to be seven good years, and then there's going to be followed by seven really horrible years of famine, and the Pharaoh's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be able to, to run this. And he says, Joseph, I need you to do it. Right? So he goes from this spoiled brat, 17-year-old, that's you know, shipped off into slavery, thrown into prison, right? left there for a number of years, and then finally elevated to like number two in all of Egypt. All right, so I'll fast forward a little bit of the story because we won't have all the time to be able to read through it. But ultimately what happens is the famine comes, Joseph manages it well, and it not only affects Egypt, but it also affects even the outlying areas and even all the way to where Joseph's family was. They eventually come to Egypt because Egypt has managed it well and people are coming from different places in order to seek help. They get to Egypt. Joseph recognizes them. They don't recognize Joseph. Um, but ultimately, he's, he's going to play some games with them for a little bit and ultimately then reveal himself to them. Now, the part that even when he reveals himself to them and he says, I'm going to help you, I'm your brother, um, even when, so like you get towards the last chapter of Genesis, and, and he's helped them, and he's even, they've even brought dad there, and they're taking care of dad. Dad's about to die. Dad does die, right? And now the brothers are like, oh man, see, this is how dysfunction works. Now that dad's dead, he's going to kill us. And so they try to even come up with this plan of saying, "Hey, yo, so dad, he before he died, he um he told us that you should forgive everybody. You know, forgive us for what we've done to you." And and it's always the beautiful. This is where you can see 
God working through dysfunction is at Genesis uh, 50, uh, starting, I think, 19. Um, But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm for me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You see, there's perspective that God gives even amongst dysfunction. And God was working, even though he's like, man, this is a messed up situation in this family. Favoritism has bred favoritism, which has uh, come you know, from a- hatred and even thoughts of murder. And yet God's like, hey, but I'm going to use this. I've got a chance and an opportunity to let people know who I am. And this is a great thing about it, even in dysfunction, as what we say, God is faithful. God's faithful to his promises. All right, we are going to cut the Genesis book off there, and we're going to move on with God's dysfunctional family throughout the rest of Scripture. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Take care.